Welcome to On the Upbeat. I'm Matt, and I did not start the fire. Oh, Matt. Hey, everybody. I'm RJ Phoenix, and I do two things. I drink Mountain Dew, and I talk to ska bands. Recently, I had the Mountain Dew Purple Thunder, which has a plum flavor to it. And I got to tell you, that makes me plum excited to talk to our guest Poindexter today. Welcome to the show, Kira, Nate, and Nick. Yay! Hi! Hi, Hi everybody. We are excited to chat. Uh, but before we get into a proper interview, uh, how is every, how was everyone's summer? I mean, I know technic, I mean, summer's not over, but summer's over. It's weird and annoying, uh, especially as an adult. Um, yeah, they took all the Baja Blast off the shelf. Summer's over. <laughs> is that true? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's done. They didn't take it off the shelf, but they're not replacing anything they sell. Oh, okay. This is not a bit. I love Mountain Dew. <laughs> i i can that is true he loves mountain dew so much Um, i can see how genuine you are about that (laughs) at no point that i think that was a bit because i could tell how how (laughs) it's true i love it but i i limit my soda drinking so i have like all this soda because ralph's is running such a good deal on soda this week that i just bought like five 12 packs of different flavors of mountain dew uh, damn it after this podcast i'm gonna swing to my local ralph's yeah you should dude because it's i think it's over on wednesday and it's like you buy two at like nine bucks and you're like oh that's a lot but then the other three are free <laughs> this episode sponsored by ralph's i know right <laughs> if we could only get a sponsor like that nate i know you know we only saw each other on friday uh what have you been up to since friday so our, our Friday, name. so Friday, uh, I did the uh, We're the Union Bad Operation, Susie True, Half Past Two show in LA. Uh, drove back another two hours to get home, and then uh, took a sh- quick little sleep and uh, headed out to uh, Laughlin. And um, the Maxis played two shows out in Arizona this weekend, and we just got back at six in the morning uh, this morning uh, after playing in Lake Havasu. Wow, that's uh, that's quite a weekend. It's jam packed. Yeah, yeah. How's that's it? Too much. Yeah, I didn't do anything. I went to that show on Friday, and then I just did nothing the rest <laughs> of the weekend. It was great. Well, we're we're old, so um, you know, we're we're past forty. So. I mean, I fixed a sink, but it's not it's not that much fun to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> yeah, Nick, you get it. <laughs> so did any, did anyone do anything exciting this summer? Anything new? What did we do? <laughs> <laughs> what did we do? Well, <laughs> in, this past winter, uh, I bought a home. Oh, so this yeah, summer, was, we've been working that's on the what house we did. and fixing <laughs> it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We we live in Detroit in the city. So, um, you know, bought a house and it was like a time capsule from the 1960s in wonderful condition. Everything was taken care of really nicely, but it was like nothing had been updated since 1964, but it was all treated so delicately that it looked like it could have been done yesterday. It was very strange. So except for the carpet, the carpet looked terrible. So (laughs) I ripped that out. If it has got to go. That's good. Old old carpet. Who knows what's in here? I don't want to know. We also had somebody come out and rip out asbestos. (laughs) But, you know, also not, you know, you know, standard 1960s fair. It's pretty, but there's asbestos and lead paint everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) 
So that's what we've been doing is working on the outside of the house, inside of the house without AC. Found out our AC unit didn't work this summer. So this was, I have a little window unit. Kira is in uh, her office just sweating like crazy right now. Oh, <laughs> Thank you for your sacrifice, Kira. I'm fine. It's fine. <laughs> did you guys rock, did you rock, paper, scissor decide who gets what room for this? This is my room. So I just deal with it. Also, yeah. like... I gotta, I gotta show off my room. It's like actually a color, a different color. <laughs> yeah, my room is the most boring wall color. It's just white, but you know, it's. I'm gonna be putting more stuff on the wall. It's like slowly coming together as I unpack boxes from my storage unit. <laughs> yes, yeah. But yeah, it's been it's been a fun endeavor. Um, owning a home is weird. Um, very lucky to be able to do that. Detroit yeah. got them cheap houses. So made it possible. Thanks, city of Detroit. Um, <laughs> All right, awesome. Yeah. What What about you guys? Any fun? Any other fun news from you guys? Anything exciting coming up? Maybe. Oh, I mean, since since you're asking, coming up, why not? I'll take this moment. Um, I'm. Well, do you mean show related or personal? Either. Either or. Well, the only the first thing that came to mind uh, since you asked. Uh, so on the upbeat was asked to host a, uh, event, uh, with bite me Bambi here in orange County, California. Uh, so bite me Bambi this coming Saturday has their, uh, summer sizzler. Uh, it features, you know, bite me Bambi, littlest man band, uh, the McCharmleys, uh, unwanted help and, oh, uh, wolves of Glendale, which is like a comedy act, um, and uh, so, but after, on Sunday the 10th, they are having uh, an acoustic set, you know, um, Brian and uh, Talina from Bite Me Bambi will play, and uh, Scott Kloppenstein from uh, Littlest Man Band and formerly of Real Big Fish will be playing acoustic sets, and uh, we're going to host that, and it's going to be live. Matt will be there for sure. <laughs> uh it sounds awesome that yeah. sounds like it's gonna be a great time yeah so there's that and of course you know uh as aforementioned i did go to uh the we are the union half past two bad operation or cat operation however you want to say it because <laughs> i was very uh excited to uh see them they they were definitely a band um that i think i love more live that you know i kind of got into them more because i saw them live so yeah, mm-hmm. I drove home listening to their album and stuff. So yeah, so uh, and RJ fixed. The yeah, and you left. You left the show early. You didn't even stay for the whole We Are the Union set. Look, okay, look. I, I, dude, you're <laughs> all down. Forty six. You're a dad. You have an hour drive ahead of you. It's acceptable and understood. But some old people like me can rally. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but because you, how far is your drive from that that venue? <laughs> Ten minutes. Exactly. Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt, I got your back here because for most of we are the union set. I, I stayed for like the first uh, the first block until they uh, they they took their first break, and then my back just like was not having it. So I just uh, was out on the couch for most of the set, and it had a perfect view. I could see Reed like through the slot. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> Look, I I have seen we are the union like four times in the last like year and a half. So. I, I mean, and I've been at a lot of those shows too, Matt. I, I'm sorry. This is the best I've ever seen them play. I, 
I it was the I mean, they're always good, but this oh, it was exceptional, buddy. I, I'm sorry. I was I was there for like six songs, so it wasn't like, I was like <laughs> one and done. Like peace out. Yeah, just giving you a tough time, buddy. I'm sorry. I know, I know. All right. So, uh, speaking of ska bands, let's get into some ska news. Rude girls and rude boys too. Grab your friends and listen to what we're telling you. I'm sorry, you might have heard, but damn you're about to miss me in ska news. Yes, ska news, where we tell you about the latest releases. Oh, sorry, making sure my dog's not eating something. Uh, yes, where we tell you about the latest releases in the Scott community. Uh, first up, we got a new release from the Classy Rex. It's a song called Figure It Out. It came out August 31st. And uh, the Classy Rex, they're cool people from Canada. So if you haven't checked them out, you should check them out. But here is their new song, Figure It Out right now from the Classy Rex. Yeah, it's a fun one for sure. Yeah, RJ, love those crazy cats up there. Yeah, RJ, you got some ska news for us? Uh, yeah. Uh, out of a whole UK, the uh, ska punk rave hip hop whatever you want band Counting Coins is back. They have a brand new song called "Turn the Tape Down," which we're going to play for you just a second here. It's off their long-awaited EP. I cannot wait for this EP to come out. It's been a long time since these cats have put out some new music, so I'm really excited. Here we go, counting coins, turn the tape down. Pretty interesting mix of uh, ska and hip hop and pop. oh, they're they're uh, 
bunch of fun. I've been a fan of them for a while. So I was I thought they'd totally broken up until this all of a sudden this single came out a couple of days ago. So yeah, yeah, I'm real excited that there's more coming from them. What else you got, Matt? Uh lastly for me, I have uh something from a new band. Uh they're called Be Decent. Uh, on September 1st, this uh, New York-based band, Be Decent, released their first EP called Having a Laugh. Uh, and uh, we're going to listen to a clip from a song called The Struggle Continues. Here we go. It's a seven-song EP, uh, and uh, I think you should check it out because yeah, it's uh, uh, Jimmy like... Doyle's new band, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, Jimmy used to be in the Fad. He put out a solo record last year that that Tim and Brett from Catbite were on. Ah, uh, yeah, some good stuff. I'm glad to, glad they've got a new act going. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I haven't got a chance to listen to this one yet, but I'm excited to. Yeah. All right. So, Poindexter. I want to start off by asking each of you to introduce yourself, basically what you do in the band and uh, how you got into playing music or particularly, you know, playing the instrument you play within the band. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, Nate, why don't we start with you? Hi, I'm Nate. Uh, I play keyboards and guitar for Poindexter, uh, although I have trombone in my back pocket. Uh, I've been playing music for like most of my entire life. Um, started with piano when I was in like five years old. Uh, I was in kindergarten and I saw my friend playing piano. My preschool teacher happened to be a, a piano teacher, happened to be his piano teacher. And I was like, I want to do that shit. That looks badass. I want to do it and I want to be better than, than him because we were like kind of competitive at the time. <laughs> uh, so that's how I got into it. Uh, played trombone in middle school band and through high school, and then I started teaching myself guitar in middle school. Saved up like money from birthdays and allowances and shit like that for like two years so that I could buy my first electric. And the rest is history. Uh, nowadays I actually am a high school music teacher out in San Bernardino, uh, where I teach um, high school uh, band, orchestra, guitar, and audio production. So that's a little bit about my background. Awesome. Awesome. Nate, how many bands are you currently in? <laughs> right now, I am in four. So uh, outside of Poindexter, I also play uh, keyboards and background vocals for Odd Robot. Uh, I also got my own solo project band, Nate Funk and the Funky Bunch, uh, with my best friend, uh, Logan Barton. And 
I know a guy who uh, has, shares the same name as me uh, that plays for the Maxis and also plays keyboard and back, background vocals. Uh, Nick, why don't you tell us how, uh, you know, what you do in the band and how you started playing music? Sure. Yeah. Hi. Um, name's Nick Furlow, Earl Gray on the internet. Um, I play bass in Poindexter. Um, I've been playing bass for long time. I've been playing music longer. I started playing violin when I was like three. And then like a year or two into that, I was like, I don't like this. And I didn't play instruments for a little while. My mom tried to get me to play piano, didn't like it. And then I, you know, stopped playing for a while. And then I started playing guitar, took guitar lessons for many, many years, and then went into percussion when I got into school band and did, you know, concert percussion in band. And then I did pit percussion in our marching band where I played like vibraphone and marimba and uh, like accessory percussion. Um, and then I, when I was in high school, you know, I, I, you know, I played guitar, I played drum kit, I played all this accessory percussion stuff. Um, I had kind of learned a little bit how to play piano, but the one thing I didn't have was a bass. Um, I even had like a PA system and stuff. Hmm. And I was like, I want to get, you know, I want to get a bass. Um, and so I bought a bass and started playing bass and was like, wow. This is not like the other instruments that I play. Something about this, I really like it. And I was like trying to start a band. I tried to, I, you know, tried to start like four bands in high school. Most of them, you know, <laughs> were bad and people flaked and you know whatever. And uh, eventually, you know, I like met someone who I started playing music with and you know playing in bands with some people that were like a little bit older than me who had been like doing it for a while. And played in that band for a while, played in a few more bands and all those bands, except for like one or two, uh, I played bass. There was like one or two where I did um, drums. I've done some backup vocals in the past. I don't do any for Poindexter right now, but um, yeah, well, there's like one or two songs, but it's gang vocals. Yeah. And like gang (laughs) vocals. Um, But like, uh, you know, I've been I've been doing this this whole music thing for a long time. And it's kind of funny because the, the instrument I learned technically like the most recently um, is bass. And it's the one that I play in this band, but it's the one that I've played in like most of my gigging bands, minus like two that I played drums. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, Poindexter is great. I've been playing with uh, my last band that I was in uh, was with uh, Kenny, our trombone player and Gracie, our vocalist and some other friends. Um, so I've been playing with them for a long time. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my my whole musical history, I guess. <laughs> so when you were naming percussion instruments, there was like two or three that I have never heard of. Uh, can you name those again? Because there's one. In me, I think me and Nick on the after show, we are going to have a long talk about auxiliary percussion stuff, because that's what I did in high school band as well. And I, I, I was in I know everything that you said. I'm excited for this later. Yeah. Auxiliary percussion is fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I primarily played the vibraphone in that was marching it. band. What yeah? What is a vibraphone? It's, it's basically like a big xylophone or marimba, but it's okay. metal pieces instead of wood. Um, and traditionally, it <clears throat> has a motor that like spins this little like because like there's you know, like the big resonance tubes that hang down, right? And it's like these little like flaps. That's and it spins it to give it kind of like a wah sound. So it's like wah 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 when you hit one of the 
like one of the, you know, notes. Mm. We never used those. We never used the motors because my band instructor was a stick in the mud. Uh, but we, I, you know, I had, I, I knew people who, you know, had vibraphones and had done that before. And I was like, well, this is sick. But yeah, so I primarily played vibraphone and then I played marimba on like a couple acts of like one of the shows. Yeah, we're going to have to deep dive in that uh, in the after show because I, I, I'm not a musician, musician. I can't even talk right now. I don't play any musical instruments, but I was a brown band. I was in choir. So mm. I was a round band. That counts. Oh, and you yeah, weren't sure. picking fights with the band kids or was that just my high school? <laughs> <laughs> they picked on the band kids. The, the chorus kids. The yeah, worst. I've, yeah. <laughs> Wow, they that's... they are so mean to us. They were also uncool mostly. Yeah, and, there was well, like here's a few popular kids, but there was like thirty of them, and there was like hundred and fifty of us. I don't know what they were up to. Yeah. <laughs> <Power> <laughs> like yeah. you cannot win, chorus folks. Just sounds yeah. like we're trying to out nerd each other. Like I don't think that's a game you can win. All no. right, Kira, uh, <laughs> wanting to? Oh, I can win that game. <laughs> Okay, you can win that. Game. <laughs> All right. Okay, yes, let's move on. Kira, what's your story? Um, so I've always been playing the same instrument. Well, what do you kind play? Of, kind of the same instrument. I play two instruments, I guess. I play trumpet and cornet. Um, so I started with trumpet uh in the same marching band that Nick was in. Um, and I decided that uh, physical, physically marching around was not for me and my back. So I was like, I want to join a college band or college that doesn't have a marching band so I can do the sit down bands. And that's considered normal for the non music people. Cause I was going into engineering. I am in engineering, but <laughs> so, um, I joined a brass band and I fell in love with playing cornet and it was really hard and I burnt myself out. Um, and then I stopped playing for like a year and then uh, I think I met Nick after that. And then I started playing in ska <laughs> and I like it. Awesome. That's great. So how did Poindexter come together how did poindexter get their start that is a long story but i'll give you the short one <laughs> um so it started as something not even close to what it is now it started as like something more akin to like like a ska core like best of the worst style kind of you know harder like proggy kind of thing going on sure and it had a lot of different people involved. Um, it was, you know, like uh, the main, the primary people that were involved at that time were me, Kenny, our trombone player, Justin, our drummer. And there was like some talks of Gracie potentially, but like Gracie never ended up being involved in that. And that project fell apart pretty quickly um, just because it was like too many people from too far away trying to collaborate on something who, sure. you know, it was just it just was too difficult so it didn't work out and then you know like i don't know maybe 
want to say it was not long, like a month or two later, Kenny calls me up and they were like, we're trying again, <laughs> but I have some, I have some different people that are closer by. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, and so we, you know, we started playing together with some other friends that were, um, you know, horn player friends of ours. Um, and then we, we got Gracie involved. Um, and Josh and Jake were, uh, our horn players at the time. Uh, and we were having fun. It was going well. And then I met Kira through like a party at a friend's house. And I was like, Oh, you play trumpet. Oh, you play like classical trumpet. Oh shit. You're probably good. You want to come play with my ska band? (laughs) Um, for some reason, uh, she said yes. And she came to practice. And I remember like 10 minutes in Kenny, looks at Kira and was like, you're way too good for this. Why are like, do you even want to be here? Like you're making us look like a bunch of fools. <laughs> and, and yeah, Kira obviously said, yeah, I want to be here and it's still here now. And then Nate was a, a wonderful, beautiful find. I, uh, you, Nate, you, you should tell that part of the story. Cause that, you know, you had known Kenny for a while, kind of through the vape grapevine and online and stuff. It, it, it's it's a really short story so kenny and i have been following each other online like we've been facebook friends for probably like 10 plus years uh through my first ska band uh two-tone boners and back when uh kenny was playing for uh, gray matter when gray matter first started up uh just through the early days of the internet ska community in like the 2010s uh long story short kenny put up a post uh middle of pandemic uh and it was like anyone in socal in michigan or socal uh interested in playing keyboard or horns for a ska band and i was like well i've been out of ska bands for a while uh let's do it again and responded to it uh got added to the discord and the rest is history yeah now i may have said some of this slightly out of order because i'm trying to remember now nate were you in the band before Kevin was in the band or when you joined was Kevin in the band? Kevin was in the band. Uh, okay. I so I did this slightly out of order. So at first Gracie played guitar. Um, and then we got a guitar player named Merlin, who's a wonderful guitar player um, who ended up be uh, is, is now in gray matter. Um, and was like, and we were like, yes, go play Just gray matter. A very convoluted swap with like Kenny and Merlin. With yeah. Gray- yeah we had kenny the whole time but it was like kenny like stopped being gray matter they were like i want to focus on poindexter and merlin was like well i can only do one and we were like you're definitely like the style of music that merlin listened to was definitely more in a line in like alliance with gray matter and we were like you would clearly do very well and especially at that time we were like they have so much more going on you should go you should go do that right um and I'm doing this for your own good, Marilyn. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Leave, boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, Mer- Merlin was very very much had their mindset. We were like, yes, we support you. Please go be successful Scott guitar player. Um, and and then um, Kevin was an old friend of Kenny and I's. Uh, Kevin used to play in a band called The Radio Types um, back when Kenny and Grace and I played in an old punk band called The Vulnerable. And we used to play together. Um, Kenny... And Kevin and I also went to the same university. Um, and so, me too. And Kira, yes. Um, but I, I, I used to hang out with you. Kenny and Kevin before before I knew Kira uh, at the at, you know there. And 
we had always talked about potentially asking Kevin to join the band. And then once Merlin was moving on, we were like, well, Kevin. And so we hit up Kevin and, and they were because like previously we had asked them and I think they were like unavailable or didn't have like the time to commit to it or, you know, something like that. And we were like, hey, what about now? And they were like, yeah, OK, I'll do it. So we got so we got that's how we got Kevin. Um, awesome. And then and then we got Nate. I had it backwards. I thought Nate came first. Sorry, Kevin and Nate. I mixed it up. But um, but yeah, it was, you know, it's it, it's very much evolved over time, as I feel like ska bands do. It's, it's very difficult to keep that many people, you know, together all the time, especially, you know, it's like our original trumpet player had a kid and was like, I can't be doing this band stuff all the time anymore. And we were like, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You have a child. You, you have a child now. You're you're an adult with a with a real life. I'm trying to finish college and like not smoke so much weed. I don't get my homework done. <laughs> <laughs> Was the name Poindexter always always a part of both versions of like the the one that never really panned out? The more uh, hardcore was. The hardcore one never had a name. We didn't really pick the name until Kira was in the band, I think, right? Yeah, it was we there. For I that feel discussion. like it was. I, I remember it was like during our first photo sh- like shoot of like Josh's wife like was photographing us and we were like, what do we call this project? Because we're going to have to call this something when we release <laughs> our EP. And we were like, oh, what do we call it? And had a bunch of different names and Poindexter stuck because we're all fucking nerds. So sorry, <laughs> no, we can't. Okay. Swear, no, no, totally yeah. swear. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> um, so you had you had started recording an EP before you had a name. We had right basically had some written songs. most of an EP. Mm-hmm. Also, like the EP song Let's start. Um, the EP songs actually came from a project that Gracie and I had been working on prior to Poindexter that was going to be like a chiptune alt band, kind of like Anamanaguchi. Hell yeah. And I like had chiptune parts composed out and like done, uh, you know, in like LSDJ on the Game Boy and like a Famicom sound engine emulator and like all that stuff. And then it just kind of never panned out. We never really did anything with it. We wrote, you know, I think we probably wrote like five or six songs, um, maybe maybe seven of them. And then three of them ended up turning into Poindexter songs. And those are the songs that are on the EP. Um, they're very different from what we had initially. Um, and there were a couple songs that we wrote that we going looking back on. We were like, hmm, this is a. Uh, bad uh but the you know we liked at least three of them so we kept those uh and that was kind of how we 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 were able to come up with music very quickly when we first started because gracie and i were like well we have these songs that we're not doing anything with why don't we see if we can turn these into ska songs and we did and it turned out pretty all right i think awesome um and then after that we were like okay now we have to write new ska songs and then it took a really long time (laughs) But we did it. Awesome. So speaking of ska songs, uh, we're going to listen to one of y'all's songs off uh, your new album that came out back in July. The album's called Treats, but we're going to listen to uh, 11 to 8. What can you all tell us about this song? So uh, Kevin wrote this song, and this was about them working a job that was 11 to 8 at like a call center, and they were always getting people's voicemails 
and like talking about a script talking about on a script so like they weren't really socializing with people and just like the hell of everyday labor (laughs) monotonous labor monotonous labor yeah mental labor yeah Mm -hmm. all right being exhausted and feeling antisocial even though you've been talking and working all day long which i know a lot of people i'm sure can empathize with anyone who's worked in retail i know feels that big time (laughs) yeah Yeah. all right uh so we will listen to 11 to 8 by poindexter and then we'll come back and chat some more here we go Indeed, that song is awesome. It might be my favorite one off the album. Thanks. Yeah. I'm sure Kevin will be excited to hear that. Yeah. Uh, RJ Phoenix from a podcast you may or may not know says it's his favorite song off the album. <laughs> awesome. It's you get really a hype sticker to put on the vinyl that says that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling Chris right after. <laughs> it's really nice that everybody has a different favorite. Yeah. Yeah, that's something we've been getting which is fun. It's like every everyone that we talk to has a different favorite song, which is always super fun. You know, it's like I put out stuff in the past where like everybody likes the one song on the album, but mm, no one yeah. really likes the rest of them. And you don't blame them when you listen to it a year later, you're like, "Oh, yeah." Ooh, but this it. time, everybody likes, you know, one of them more, you know, one of, you know, one of them is someone's favorite, which is great. Yeah. Super fun. 
Sorry. What's your favorite song, uh, Nate? My favorite song off the record? Yeah. It's got it, uh, honestly. It's it's probably this one. It's just, That's why I, I thought. Most, it's it's what I had the most fun with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought I remembered you saying that before, but I didn't want to be wrong, so that's why I just asked. I think you did the most with treats, Nate, though, in terms treats of taking fun. that song from like just upstrokes to something that's really filled out. Something totally. Totally, totally different than what it started as, it, but is it, it's it's wonderful. A, it's either a ska song that's not a ska song, or it's a shoegaze song that's like weirdly a ska song. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I love that about that. Yeah, it, it, that's one thing I noticed about like the internet's reaction to Poindexter is like no one knows where where to put us. Like yeah, like like we're like from us because we say we're a ska band, we're within the ska community, but like um, some of the press we've gotten. S- talked about us as being like an indie punk or a shoegaze band with ska elements so it's it's really interesting seeing that that those different descriptors i think we're seeing that a lot more with like you know new tone fourth wave bands is that a lot of them are incorporating a lot of different things from different genres and so publications don't know how to fit them into the neat little boxes that they have (laughs) because they don't fit yeah yeah but i think it's all scott influenced yeah. If you get on yeah. this show, you got to be a ska band. That's yeah. true. We don't. Yeah. We uh, don't. Re- we we reject anyone that's not. At least I don't think we've of- had offers from non-ska bands, but if they tried, we'd say let's do a show. No, we have not. Oh, very, have we? Oh, very, li- very limited. It's maybe two or three over the last four years or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's very. It's it's kind of like I don't think they read the description of our podcast or you know read the description <laughs> in the social media. Uh, I, I will admit to being a jerk sometimes when people send us like, "Hey, check us out. We think we'd be a great fit for your show." I just always want to be like, "Why? What's your favorite part of the show?" <laughs> <laughs> I just I want them you to come call back them with out something. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you listen? <laughs> No, I, I that I'm fine if they don't. It's totally okay. <laughs> I get it. I what's what's sort of telling at least in some part is that they think it's important enough to come on for their, you know, credibility, I guess, or whatever. True. And I think you can always tell the people who only know the show from your Instagram because oh. they only address Matt as if there's not a second host on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is that is all. Well, you get I get that's what I get in person. Online people know that it's us. In person, I often get like the "Who's RJ?" look. <laughs> well, that's also because I don't show my face that yes, much. So yes, that's. I mean, yeah, it makes. Sense. I don't even think Nate knew I was out that show this weekend with him. I did. I did not. <laughs> but the funniest thing is, I I I follow you on Bandcamp, and so I see all your purchases on Bandcamp and and, and my 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 email all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to ask, with uh, you know half the band in, in Michigan and half the band in Southern California, how did you all record treats? How did that come together? Airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> so mostly, some Nate did record Gracie on our first two singles off the album. Yes, recorded in my classroom. Oh, yeah. yes. So. Uh, where so one recorded in a classroom a couple songs recorded in a classroom what about was 
Was there ever a time the band was all in one room recording? There was. Yeah, we were. So most of the album was recorded in Grand Rapids with Rick Johnson at Cold War Studios. Um, for those who don't know, Rick Johnson played bass in Mustard Plug, is very cool ska man, knows lots of crazy facts about the history of ska and Degrassi. Um, wonderful man. Love that guy. Uh, one of my favorite people to work with, for sure. Um, so we were very excited to get to go out and work with him again. Um, we had uh, Kenny and uh, Gracie and I had worked with them before uh, when we were working on our album for our previous band. Um, yeah, Rick's, Rick's a fun fun person. Um, it was great to be able to have everyone come out and get all the way out to Grand Rapids in the middle of Michigan winter, um, which was amazing that that happened at all. Yeah. Um, but it did. Uh, it, it did happen over multiple sessions, though. There was, you know, one set, one big session where we were all there together. And then there was, you know, a follow up session where um, Gracie and or Nate, you were. I was there. You, Gracie you was not. Yeah, you yeah. were. Yeah, Gracie was not. OK, because we filmed the the body like that. The, the yes, full band video parts there. The video. Yeah. Which fun fact? I don't th- if if you, if people didn't know this already. If you look really closely, Gracie is green screened in for for <laughs> bad shots. No way! No way! You you gave up the illusion. Now everyone's gonna uh, know. Now it's that's ruined. awesome. That is, but that is cool. That you know, most people probably wouldn't notice. Um, most people yeah well but you know it was you know that's the great thing about the internet is because like you know most of this album was written with us you know not together we did not get together for a very long time because of the pandemic so most of it was virtual where you know us in michigan would get together when we could you know we'd covid test you know a, a week before and then the day of and then we'd all get together and you know, we'd uh, at the time I was living with my mom in my mom's basement. So we'd all get we'd all get over to my mom's basement. And I had, you know, a, a big, you know, bunch of microphones and like a, a scarlet like rack mounted interface and stuff. We were like recording demos and sending them back to the people in L.A. And then they would be like, oh, but what if we change it like this? And then, you know, we would make new demos and change them. And so it was a lot of just like back and forth and back and forth. So getting everybody together when we were ready to, re- you know, when we were recording really felt like a penultimate moment. Like it's all been leading to this. We've been in Discord calls for hours online for the last year and a half. And now we're finally here. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's, you know, it's crazy. The internet's crazy. The fact that that can happen is, is wild. And a lot of bands do it now, but it's, you know, yeah. it was great. Nate, I would love to hear more from your perspective as someone in the California crew. Yeah, it was a lot. It was, it was a pretty interesting process. And, you know, I, I take it back to my own process with like writing, like, you know, just the perspective that we wrote a freaking record, like across the country. <laughs> uh, it was great. Uh, I will pull those in, uh, you know, figure out the keyboard parts, uh, and from what it sounded like, we, we wanted to be experimental. So it was fun to be able to like pull out like synth sounds and stuff like that, and uh, get started with exploring. Uh, although, I'll, to be honest, a lot of input for the synths was uh, from Rick because Rick has a amazing amount of synths in his place. Um, synths and organs and all kinds of crazy stuff like you played on that like vintage Hammond organ that he set up for you that was crazy mm-hmm. with a, with an actual working Leslie that's mm-hmm. great uh, we also uh, 
wrote horror parts because um i signed on to the band as like a keyboardist and you know trombone player too so i hung out with the the horn players when the horns the horns would have their own like writing sessions to come up with like horn lines and stuff like that and so uh a lot of that was just like oh okay this 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 meeting we're gonna try to figure out parts for this song all right meeting day okay let's listen to this on our own all right anyone got any ideas <laughs> and we, we would just record we would, we would just t- just come up like we would just sit there and then someone would come up with an idea they would record it uh on top of the, the or sometimes it's just like the acapella track you know with just the instrument and it would just upload into discord and we listen to it and try to figure it out right. uh sometimes and then sometimes when i had stuff me being an uh, a composer and arranger too i would just like notate it out or and then um also put like the the demo audio recordings because um kenny doesn't read sheet music but um kenny's is actually for for that is actually a pretty pretty solid trombone trombone player and it's super helpful for me <laughs> there's a number it, it, we have a definitely a split too. Of, we have a split of people who can read sheet music and people who can't i used to be able to i i cannot um but so it's fun trying to collaborate when someone is like, look at this. And I'm like, that doesn't mean shit to me, man. I don't know what that is. I was like, you know, I can read treble clef kind of, but I don't play that instrument anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah. And like Kira, why don't you talk a little bit about like what it was like working with, you know, Kenny in person and stuff and coming up with kind of that stuff and what that was like. I mean, for the earlier parts, uh, it was me and Kenny and then whatever we couldn't figure out, we were like, Nate, please fill it in here. (laughs) So that's kind of how serendipity came about was like, I started with a like really short um, intro part. And then we were like, okay, but what does that go into? And we were like, Nate, please help us with that. (laughs) And so I, I wrote a lot of the, I guess the shorter little interjectiony parts. Cool. The horn yeah. parts. Yeah, the part other really the... cool one. Go the ahead. other really cool one that 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 you wrote was the the be all you can be one after the first chorus. The oh yeah. Yeah, that was a cool one. I was thinking of the wild thornberries when I wrote that last part. The da 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 da. I was like. It's okay. When I wrote the the chorus form lines for that, I was thinking of Slow Gherkin, and I, I just realized what song I, I totally ripped off. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's sort of an interesting question. I really uh, thought of this uh, when we were talking after we talked with uh, Chase Long Beach. They mentioned one of their biggest songs that they kind of don't like to play, um, but it's their like most you know listened to song on Spotify. They it basically they said it's a ripoff of another riff by uh what was the band I can't remember S Seven or something like that I can't remember it was like a rock band from the early two thousands I cannot remember anyway but they and I went back and um listened to it I'm like oh yeah it sounds exactly like it like mm-hmm. part of me was wondering like did that person intentionally rip that off. Or was it something that they had heard that they just eventually... So, like, 
How do you? I mean, I think I might have told a story like this before, but in my old band, we we our saxophone player came with the sax ref, and we're like, "Oh my god, Timmy D, that is so good! Oh, just like keep playing that, and we'll build off it." And we built this whole song, and he's playing on the sax. It sounds so good. We get the song. We went and recorded it, and we're having a guy master the recordings, and he's like, "Oh, uh, so yeah, that's just that's the baseline, the smooth criminal," and we're like, "What?" <laughs> Because, like, none of us were, like, active Michael Jackson listeners. Sure. Um, oh, no. But in our sax player, he's like, I must have heard it when I was a kid. Like, but yeah. I just internalized it, and I had no idea. And we're like, and then we're like, screw it. We're playing it. It sounds so much better on saxophone than bass. Like, it's so good. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I, I mean, isn't, isn't that, like, this basis of jazz music? It's just, like, stealing everyone's licks? Yeah. And yeah, then, but you're supposed to like pay like homage, not do it accidentally, and then say fuck it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of the first songs I ever tried to write, I was like maybe 14 or 15, you know, listening to like punk music, and I was like, oh, I want to write a punk song. I've been playing guitar for a few years. Punk music is not hard. I know that from playing guitar. Like I can write a punk song, and I tried to write a punk song, and I like you know, I wrote the song, and I kind of and I liked it. it was just, you know, just a guitar part. And I was like, you know, playing it for a minute. And I was like, wait a minute. This sounds kind of familiar. And I like slow it down by like, you know, 60 or 70% or something like that. And realize that my chord progression is exactly the same as the Hannah Montana theme song. (laughs) And as a 14, 15 year old punk kid i was very upset by that and i just like buried it in my back of my brain for a long time and i remembered that like two years ago and it was just made me laugh i was like that's so funny that is hilarious that that's that's awesome too um that actually probably would have been a great punk song to just like do the hannah Mon- <laughs> like a great punk yeah. cover just do the hannah montana theme song at like you know 200 percent speed yeah I'd probably, I'd, people would love that shit I actually remember. I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> I so that's that's one of the th- things I find interesting about music. Like, you know, people will say like, "Oh, I don't like ska music. I don't like metal. I don't like pop or anything." But when you really break it down, you know, it's just mathematics and notes and tones that that if you just, you know, you can write that Hannah Montana chord progression at, and make it the metalist thing that has ever existed by right by there's so much more to it that that's someone would then enjoy but they would hate hannah montana so it's always interesting that so i mean look i get it you know i i'm not a big fan of country that's like it's okay to generally not like a genre um but to like be so angrily dismissive of of something you know, then it's like, it's not really. I also think that like you could, I think for almost anybody, you could probably find at least one song from every genre that someone would like. So it's like, even if they don't love the whole genre, it's like, there's something here for you. Maybe even like a whole artist. Because I used to say I didn't like country. And then one of my friends introduced me to a bunch of country that I really enjoyed. And I was like, wow, that's so wild. I didn't think I could like this. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now I have a couple of miscellaneous country records in my collection. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah but uh, and, and I, I just, just remember Vandals album either. 
but something I wanted to mention about the album recording that I that I forgot um it's something that I remember about trying to you know get all the parts together and like passing stuff back and forth was I remember some of our members lived in apartments and so they you know they like bought a microphone and an interface to like record stuff and then they were like dude I live in an apartment like I can't play like, like Kenny was like I can't play my trombone in my apartment like my neighbors are going to complain and i was like you have to play your trombone i need these parts and they were like my neighbors are gonna hate me because of you and i was like no you're doing it for the scots okay <laughs> um and you know but it was like a, i remember it being a whole thing where like they'd be like i'm going over to my friend's house so i could finally record <laughs> um yeah but yeah they had a lot of trouble with it um a couple of our other members had trouble with it too i'm trying to remember who exactly it was now that i'm thinking about it though but luckily um you know some some of our members had more equipment than others and already were a little more prepared so it worked out okay but it was definitely one of those things where when we could finally get together when the pandemic was you know less of a of an issue to the point where we could like you know safely test and get together it was like things definitely started moving faster right um but yeah kira i wanted to ask did you have any other thoughts on like the writing and stuff i feel like i thought you were gonna say something and you didn't but now i don't remember what it was (laughs) i don't think i was gonna say much besides uh some of the songs i didn't know what they were gonna sound like really until we were in the studio and nate put the final touches on them and i was like yeah oh it sounds like this i had no idea yeah that was definitely (laughs) a lot of this i hadn't heard the vocal melodies for most of the songs um like or like at least the final version yeah yeah right right all right that was a magical experience being in the studio and being like i wonder what this is gonna sound like in (laughs) an hour and then it comes out and you're like wow it's great it was it just felt like winning the lottery over and over again where we were like Cause I was just worried that we were going to like have a song that it was going to come together and we were going to be like, Oh, Oh, that's, Oh sucks. no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Never, it's, it's like, happen. like kind of like freestyling a recipe for the first time. And then you're right. like, oh, I hope this tastes good. And it's right. dinner yeah. time. <laughs> it's like, I've laid this all out on paper. We've done it all. We've, you know, gone through a million iterations, but we haven't heard it like put together in a way that's like any kind of fidelity, decent fidelity. Um, <laughs> And also, you know, we had been changing parts, you know, we changed parts in the studio. Like there was at one point, I don't remember which song it was. One of the songs we were playing and Rick was like, Nick, what are you playing there? And I like played and he was like, okay, it sounds, sounds good. And then he was like, Kevin, what are you playing there? And Kevin played it. And he was like, okay, play them together. He played it. And he was just like, he was like, Nick, the fifth note you're hitting is bad. Sounds bad. What's going on? And then like, we figured out that like what I had been playing cl- was like clashing the entire time and none of us had noticed. And then I just like, and, like Nate and Rick both came out there and we just like wrote a new bass part for the verse of that song, like on the fly. And that was what ended up on the record. And it sounds good. It is. I was like, all right, this definitely sounds better than what I was doing, especially because I didn't realize there was a clashing note in here. Um, but you know, so there was a lot of that kind of stuff happening where we were changing stuff in the studio. So it was like, until everything was like put together and we could hear everything on like the final day, we really didn't, we didn't really know what it was going to totally sound like. We had an idea, but we, you know, we had never, especially with like 
a lot of the instruments Nate used. Like we didn't have access to those when we were practicing when Nate was in town. So we didn't really know exactly what it was going to sound like. But I think that Nate, you and Rick did some wonderful, made some wonderful decisions with the instrument, the, the various instruments that you played on the album. Oh yeah, Rick. Rick knows a lot. Like me, even though I'm a keyboard player, like Rick knows a lot more about synths than I do. So I just, I a lot of decisions came came from him as well too, and uh, really glad for his input. Like uh, I could think of the like the second verse on treats. How there's that little like string string synth kind of sound that was actually Rick's idea, hundred percent. Yes, the '80s line. Yeah. Yeah, Rick has crazy weird equipment too. He has like all kinds of synths and stuff, but then he also has a bunch of weird amplifiers and stuff. Like he has like a prototype Sovtech, like one of a kind, like, you know, vintage tube amp and like a bunch of other weird stuff. Like I was playing on like a vintage Ampeg tube uh tube amp on an eight by ten. And I'm normally a GK GK dude, but you know, that that vintage Ampeg stuff sounds sick. So had to had had to take him up on it. I was like, yeah, I could bring my rig to the studio, but like, I'd probably rather play on this cool vintage MPEG tube amp that I'll never buy. Um, so you know, and I think Kevin messed around with a lot of really cool stuff too. Like he played on that Sovtech amp a bit. He played on like a couple different cabinets, I think. Uh, or they they played on a couple different cabinets, I think. Um, and a couple different amps. Uh, and then they also played on like what was that weird guitar they played on, Nate? Do you remember that Rick had? Uh, which which song are we talking about? I don't remember. I just I think it was one of the solos. I don't remember what song it was. I just remember. Or, oh wait, maybe they didn't actually. Maybe it didn't make it. Maybe it was the. It was like a. It was some, I don't remember what it was. It was some kind of weird guitar I'd never heard of, and Kevin was really excited about it. And we were like, "Sure!" And then we ran out of time. <laughs> oh yeah, I think it was. I think I think for some of the songs, I think it was the no, wait, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the the one that 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 they used in the Love to Eight music video, right? That that Fender. It was. I think it was a Duosonic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rick also at end of treats. There's also that that line with uh that that little secondary guitar line that's kind of like shoegazy emo that um that uh Rick had me uh record on a uh a Nashville or was it Nashville tuning uh tuned guitar, which is basically like the the top three strings are um the octave strings from a, a twelve string guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. I think that was what you were thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, moral of the story. A lot of cool stuff in there. <laughs> Rick has a lot of goofy shit, too. He has, like, this weird, like, speaking spell that just he's, like, modded the shit out of that's, like, covered in a bunch of, like, dip switches and, like, rotary dials and all kinds. And I was like, Rick, what the hell is this? And he was like, it's a synthesizer. And I was like, oh, is it? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it's dope. And he turned it on for a second. And he was just like, you can make a lot of weird noises with it. And I was like... Fair enough, man. Um, <laughs> All right. But yeah, always, always fun going to Rick's studio. Cold Wars, a lot of fun. Um, cool. Rick, Rick always has goofy ideas. Awesome. And they're always, they're, they're fun. What are you going to say, Kira? Nothing. Go, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have 
come to the end of our time. But before we head out, we do, of course, have ska picks of the week. Uh, Kira, why don't you tell us about your ska pick? Uh, my ska pick is because it is the beginning of September and we're starting to think about fall. Um, I was going to go for Night of the Living Stove by Slow Gherkin. I think it's called, or is it? Yeah, I think it's called Night of the Living Stove. Night of the Living uh, Stove by Gangster. By Gangster Fun. Gangster you said Fun. Slow yes, Gherkin. I said Slow Gherkin. I'm so. You meant Gangster Fun. I've meant Gangster Fun. I was like, fun. oh, did I pick the wrong version? <laughs> All right. I was like, when does Slow Gherkin cover that? I want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sick. That would be sick. All right. Yes. <laughs> All right. So here is Gangster Fun with Night of the Living Stove. Everybody run or everybody dies Try to make your cookies and a stick of bacon pies It blew a fuse and now it's on the loose It will itself to live avenging my abuse I thought it was a slave intended strictly for my use You broke your body and now it's free to roam This metal heart kicks like a metronome An evil soul inside the pot at night It don't make sense that uh, definitely should go on a Scalloween playlist. It's on Kira's. No. Huh? no, 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 no Scalloween puns. Come on, come on. No. So I should call it a Halloween playlist? Is, does that make Yeah, fun? come on. Scalloween. It's no, it's no. there. No, he, no, he, he no don't, don't. He hates ska puns. He hates them no. so much. Oh, oh. <laughs> the, the quickest way I know a ska band isn't worth my time usually is... Forced ska pun. I mean, aren't all puns forced by definition? Like, there's no... Like, no, some are really subtle. You would never know. <laughs> yeah, but... I don't know. Not that. I, there's so few exceptions to the ska pun oh, rule sure. that it's 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 a good rule. That's the sad part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I gen- like... I can say that usually... With, there's a f- you're, like RJ said. There's a few that uh, abracadabra. Hell yeah, scatolites. F- yeah, duh. <laughs> um, after that, what 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 is that? Which, what you got Yeah, meth- Yeah, those actually both work, and they're yes. both good bands. <laughs> so, but uh, all right. Uh, but yeah. but oh, the fifth band named Ska Skank Redemption? No, never. never. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! Yeah. I I my first ever show that I ever booked was for one iteration of one of the numerous iterations of a Ska Skank Redemption yep. band. Yep. There's always there's always it's <laughs> Ska Punks yeah. kids just just nah. But yeah. that's Gangster Fun song does belong on a Halloween playlist for sure. It's great. Gangster Fun, great Detroit ska band. All right, Nick, why don't you tell us about your uh, Scott pick of the week? Sure. I picked uh, Worship Yourself by Sonic Boom 6. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. 
there. Good pick. Thanks. I, I have to give all of my knowledge of Sonic Boom 6 credit to Kenny. Kenny is like die hard Sonic Boom 6 fan. <laughs> um, and they got me turned on to their music. And I am obsessed, have been for many years. But that song in particular is just, I don't know. I just love it. It's just great. Like the. I love the saxophone part that that keeps hitting, you know, over and over. It's great. All of the, you know, the lyrical content about like, you know, bettering yourself and, you know, leaving abusive relationships and all that stuff is like great stuff. It's just a good song. So had had to had to pick it. Here I was gonna pick a gang to be honest, I was gonna pick a gangster fun song and then Kira picked a gangster fun <laughs> song. And I was like, well, then I got to pick a Sonic Boom 6 song because <laughs> <laughs> I was between those two and you picked Gangster Fun. And so I'll let you talk about them instead. So actually, um, my uh, my best my best pal, Logan, Logan plays in like three bands with me, uh, bass player. Uh, he, he used to play in uh, Knockout and uh, Knockout did a UK tour with, uh, with Sonic Boom 6 and um, supported them when um, when they were, came across the pond over here. And uh, Layla Smith actually, uh, ha- there's a drawing sharpie in in his trailer because they took his trailer, and it's just sitting on my uh, my bass player's property right now. It's really awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they're they're great. One of my favorites for sure. Nate, why don't you tell us about your ska pick? All right, my ska pick uh, is uh, "Stay Inside" uh, by Bad Operation off their split with uh, Joe Gittleman, uh the the latest uh, Bad Time Records Wavebreaker. Uh, great song, Bad Operation. In my opinion's like the best ska band out there right now. Good, good pick right there, and uh, I think Bad Operation Heck yeah. has, uh, yeah, definitely one of the best bands to blend sort of, uh, you know, two tone with ska punk, you know, pretty well. So yeah, sure, agreed. Absolutely, good, good band. Uh, my ska pick of the week is uh, from the band Goldfinger, and you know the weather outside was pretty sunny today where I am, so I just, uh, this song just felt and seemed appropriate. It's called Golden Days. Starlight in the darkness we live now 
like that song, uh, you know, as an old person, I connect with songs about reminiscing about the old days. So that's why I like that song. So, uh, yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> RJ, what is your Scott pick? Uh, my Scott pick is from um, one of my favorite bands, uh, not MU330 this time. This time we're going <laughs> on the other side of the great state of Illinois. We're going to Indiana, and we are playing a song by Johnny Sacco. Uh, the name of that song is Vinny's Hooch, which is a song about uh, Vinny Noble from Bim Scala Bim and the, the Pilfers. <laughs> That's a good song, and it had a real long intro. <laughs> oh, but it's just all the trombone you could ever want in a ska song That's right true. up front. That's so true. the the intro is justified. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, Poindexter, uh, Nate, Kira, Nick, thank you for joining us this week. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thanks so much. And uh, where can people find you guys online? Well, uh, you can find us on all the social media websites, either Poindexter Ska or just Poindexter, I believe. Poindexter Ska on Twitter and Instagram, I think, is the same. Um, All that stuff. We got Bandcamp. We got merch on Bandcamp. That is, we got brand new stickers that we just got. You, you, I can I can show them to y'all. The rest of you won't get to see this, but Ooh, your little donuts, donut stickers, mm, donut. similar to our donut buttons, but the design was actually completely redone by Gracie. I was I reached out to them and I was like, "Can I get a bigger one of these?" And they're like, "I don't have one. I'm just gonna remake it." I was thinking about doing it anyway, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah." So they just remade it. Uh, t-shirts and vinyl and all that fun stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah, check us out there. Also, you know, you can get stuff on Scott Punk International too. Yeah, and we're on Spotify and you know, title and Apple Music and all that fun jazz. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you joining us this week, and to listeners, thank you for listening. As always, thank you for supporting the podcast. Uh, you can support us by uh, sharing the podcast on social media, telling your friends about it, liking and reviewing. Uh, the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast uh, you know reviewing it especially helps more people hear about it so uh, go to your favorite podcast app and uh, rate and review us there and uh, we appreciate you and thank you for listening and until next time keep listening to ska 
You've been listening to On The Upbeat. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get all the new episodes as soon as they're available. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at On The Upbeat Ska. Follow our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Please consider joining our Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash ontheupbeatska to sign up today. And thank you for supporting On The Upbeat.